This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I'd like to focus on almond trees, selecting the best ones for the desert, and why we're selecting them. Today on Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. Almond trees do very well in the desert. They grow well, they produce well, and you'll have few problems with them. I'd highly recommend them if you want to grow a nut tree. The recommended rootstock is Nemagard. Unlike the others, I've recommended Citation, but the two top choices that I'm going to recommend for you all-in-one uh, almond and garden prince are genetic dwarf to begin with. So they're going to stay smaller and they're self-pollinating. They don't need a pollinator. But what I really like is the garden prince above all-in-one. And the reason I like it specifically as a landscape tree, because it has a little bit different color flower than the traditional almond, which is white. These are tinged with a little bit of purple in them, so they give a little distinctive uh, color in the landscape when they're in bloom. Others that I'd like to mention are Price, non any of the almonds. I've never had problems with them, but I would stay for the home landscape. For small orchards, you want to plant them close together. I'd stay with the all-in-one and garden prints as my two favorite choices. But under review, I have mentioned in my in my uh, publication, uh, Price, Nonpareil, Carmel, Neplus Ultra, as being some of the almonds that I've tried in the orchard over the years. Uh, one of the regrets I have, I guess, on almonds in general is when I travel to a lot of uh, countries in Central Asia where almonds originated, I find such a diversity of flavor and appearance in the almonds, much more so than I find in the United States. I, I really kind of find the flavor of the nut itself a little bit boring compared to what you can find in other locations. They'll even split open some of the almond uh, nuts and use the the almond nut uh, as a as a almond substitute, if you want to call it a substitute, but actually you'll find it in the markets. I'll try to p- put some pictures of it uh, on my blog, so that some of the markets that I've been to, so that you can see the selections of almonds. But if I were to pick uh, almonds themselves, all in one, and Garden Prince would be the two I'd look at most uh, most closely. Yeah, available in the United States. Uh, almonds uh, do quite well, like I said, as long as there's good soil drainage. One of the big problems with Nemagard, I won't call it a problem so much, but it's the ideal soil for a Nemagard rootstock is going to be one that drains easily, such as the sandy loams, sandy soils, those kinds of things, and adjust your irrigation accordingly. But Nemagard is a very good rootstock for our desert environment. It handles the heat well. It handles uh, the cold temperatures of the Mojave Desert, and it doesn't sucker a lot. So when you're growing it in the field, you have very few problems with it. 
Um, as far as almonds grow, go and, and growing them, I, I guess I would tell you to think beyond just what the almond can give you as a finished nut. I would think beyond it in one of the, the high-end, if you're doing this for a farmer's market, one of the higher-end areas is the use of almonds as a green almond. And it's a little difficult to explain to you the stage at which it's harvested, but it's harvested much earlier, and uh, the husk is split open. The, the nut itself has gone from, when it's very early on, the nut is a translucent, kind of a white translucent glob, if you, if you want to call it that, in the center of the nut. As it matures, as the nut matures, it changes from this translucent glob into a semi-hard, white, uh, immature nut in the center, kernel in the center of the nut itself. And that's the stage that you want to you wanna harvest it if you're looking for green almonds. The green almonds are usually used in salads, they're hard to come by because most of the almonds now commercially are grown uh, for are grown as a finished nut and harvested when the husk begins to start splitting uh, and before there's any rain, of course. But uh, when you're harvesting green almonds, you harvest them much earlier than that. I can't give you an exact date because it just depends on when that nut is available. But the nut itself is fully formed. In other words, it's green. It has a large size. No thinning is involved with almonds. No need for thinning. But at that point is when it's harvested for the green almond. What I would suggest that you do is as these almonds are starting to form up and they hit the appropriate size, start opening, if you're after the green almonds, start opening these nuts, husks, and look at the inside of it and taste it. That's probably the best way. And then just sample it every couple weeks as the nut is fully formed. Uh, right now, it's the beginning of April. I would start looking at these almonds probably in another two weeks and seeing if they're, if they're ready or not. Open a couple of them, try them, and see if it's made that transition. But that's what uh, many of the high-end chefs are looking for as an addition for salads. Uh, but almonds themselves, as far as pest problems are concerned, they don't have a lot. One of the big problems I have with almonds is that cute little chipmunk that runs around called the antelope ground squirrel. And they can harvest uh, the the nuts off of a tree. If you're letting them go f all the way to the end, they'll, they'll be your competition for harvesting the almond itself. Uh, and so be on the lookout for that and you'll want to harvest them before they get up in the tree because they can harvest a full tree in one day. You can look at it one day and say, I'm going to harvest tomorrow and it's gone the next day. So uh, that's your main competition. The other competition that I see out there uh, is probably the leaf-footed plant bug. Uh, occasionally, not occasionally, it will have a tendency, if you let the almonds go all the way until the husk on the outside begins to split, uh, they're going to be out there looking at your almonds and uh, 
raising their young. So watch out for them as well. The uh, Another possible problem that you could have if you've got peaches nearby is the peach twig borer. And the peach twig borer on occasionally will get, if the nut is open, will attack the outer husk when it starts to ripen, get into it, uh, and start to lay its eggs. Larvae will start to develop in it because they don't differentiate. It's basically another peach to them. So they don't differentiate between the almond husk and a fully formed peach, for instance. If the fruit is soft, they're going to go after it. And then if it splits, if the nut opens and they have access to the fresh nut inside, they will occasionally attack it. So you'll want to harvest those nuts if you're going for a mature almond, uh, just as the split, as it's beginning to split on the outside. So look for that. And uh, one of the things I <clears throat> I don't uh, recommend some of the other nut trees like pecan or walnut, just simply because they're so large. And for a home landscape, the tree is just too large for, in my opinion, too large for uh, for home landscapes. And when you have large trees, they require deep irrigations. They require a lot more water than smaller trees. So the amount of water on almonds is going to be a lot less than if you were irrigating uh, walnut and uh, pecan. In it. So I typically don't recommend them for home landscapes. Both of those trees, by the way, pecan, make sure you select, if you're going to have a pecan, make sure you select uh, um, a variety or two varieties. One can act as a pollinator. Make sure you, you have care in selecting the right two varieties because you will need a pollinator uh, planted somewhere near so that it produces uh, nuts for you. You won't have many nuts being produced. On the walnut itself, uh, both the English walnut, Carpathian walnut, does well in our climate. No problem in that regard. It's just so large, and it requires such deep irrigations to maintain it that I don't typically recommend it. Pistachios, uh, I am growing pistachios right now. I've grown them in the past, and I like them. It's just a lot of work. Whenever you're growing any kind of a nut tree, it's a lot of work, extra work, um, that if you're not prepared to do it, um, is not going to be welcome uh, on it. Uh, mostly on the pistachios and almonds, it's just opening them. You know, when I had the university orchard in North Las Vegas, the testing orchard up there, we we grew some almonds uh, in that climate and. Uh, after the first year, it was the first year when we harvested <clears throat> the fresh almonds, the mature almonds. It was kind of fun, and everybody sat around and and opened them and husked them and shelled out the almonds, and uh, got them and took them to the market, and we sold them for not much money, I might add, because fresh almonds, fresh raw almonds, you can buy relatively inexpensively, uh, four to six dollars a pound. And it's not typically not a lot different than what you'd buy from uh, at the farmers market in for almonds. So it's not much of a treat. But what? So the second year, third year, I don't remember when we were growing them. There was a lot of resistance by the 
Master Gardener volunteers, and I really don't blame them because it's a lot of work. It's tedious work, but there was a lot of resistance in opening up the nut, the husk on the outside and getting the nut just to take it to a farmer's market or to a chef so that they'd buy them. So with that resistance, I thought, okay, let's just go ahead and harvest them with the husk on the outside, take them to the farmer's market and see how they do. And actually, we made more money selling them in the husk than we did if we were to shell them and open them up and and sell them with the nut already exposed. The reason for that is, one was curiosity. A lot of the city dwellers had never seen where almonds come from. So when they saw this pile of of uh, unopened fruit with the husk on the out so on the outside, they would ask, "What is this?" And the volunteers would say, "That's an almond. It just hasn't been opened yet and the nut removed." And they said, "Oh, I'd like to take that home and show my kids." So they'd buy a couple of pounds or a few pounds of the almonds still in the husk, pay less money for it per pound of almonds. But And actually, when you penciled it out, it cost more money for them to buy it that way and demonstrate it to people not in the know uh, than it would be to have them to buy them already husk. Everybody knows what an almond looks like, a nut looks like, but how many people know what it looks like when the nut is still in the, when the, when the kernel is still in the nut and still in the husk on the outside? So that is another alternative for you to consider when uh, when harvesting. So keep in mind the green almonds, which is kind of unique. The thing I like about the green almonds and harvesting them early is once you're done with them, you don't have to worry about ground squirrels. You don't have to worry about the leaf-footed plant bugs so much. They're not going to be after it. So harvesting them early and using them that way is kind of a treat because you don't have to worry about any of the other pest problems that come later in the year. Uh, leave a few. And it's possible to harvest some green Use it that way and leave the rest of them to fully mature and and harvest the nut if you so decide. But anyway, all in one, garden prints are the two that I'd highly recommend for home backyard use. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me on Desert Horticulture.